You are listening to Tiger Stories, a podcast from Chattanooga State Community College. On March 11th, Chattanooga State began developing contingency plans for how to cope with a possible shutdown of on-campus activities related to the COVID-19 pandemic. Tiger Stories decided to develop a special series of summer episodes looking at how the college has been responding to this pandemic since mid-March. We're excited to bring you this series of episodes looking at the many ways in which COVID-19 has impacted the college's operations and our students. Regular episodes of Tiger Stories will restart in the fall semester. Until then, we hope you enjoy this summer series looking at how Chat State has coped with the coronavirus so far. In each of these episodes, you'll be hearing one of our students interviewing someone else from our campus community. So the voices will change, but the stories are just as much a part of our community as the episodes you've come to love from this podcast. We hope you enjoy them. My name is Kadim Guy, uh, but people call me Bambo. Uh, I'm from Senegal, West Africa. I'm a student at Chattanooga State studying computer science. And my plan is to transfer to a university after my two years at Chattanooga State. Very good. We need a lot of good computer scientists, especially right now. What about well, you, Dr. Ashford? Well, my name is Rebecca Ashford, and I'm the president at Chattanooga State. I've been here, I just finished my third year, just had my three-year anniversary, so I'm really excited about that. Uh, Can you tell us about your background and how you came to Chattanooga State? Sure. Well, I'm originally from Florida. I'm from a little town called Merritt Island, Florida. It's on the East Coast. It's actually the um, where the Space Center is. On uh, If you went to Orlando and went an hour east to the coast, that's where I'm from. My parents have lived in the same house since 1969, and they are still there. So I grew up there. Wow. And yeah, really small town, which I didn't realize until I moved away and realized, wow, that was a really small town. I uh, went to college in Florida. Um, I'm a community college graduate. I'm always very proud to say that. Mm-hmm. I never honestly, when I was in my first semester at college, it was all so overwhelming. Just the thought of, you know, all these years in school, um, I honestly never thought I would finish because I, you know, my sister had dropped out of school. My parents didn't go to college. And um, so I just figured that was for really smart people and probably not for me. I worked really, really hard. So on it, so instead of using that as a reason to give up, I used it as motivation to work really hard and actually ended up with almost a 4.0 almost every semester. Oh, well, wow. the, but the reason I'm sharing that is, you know, to harness your thoughts, to, to use things like that as motivation. Anyway, I started working in higher education when I was an undergrad at the University of Central Florida in Orlando. I started working in the advising office for the College of Education, and I really liked it. I thought I was going to be an English teacher and live in my hometown of Merritt Island, Florida forever because that's what everybody does, right? But I didn't do that. I ended up really liking working in that advising office and working with college students. So when I finished my undergrad, I started working there in a more part-time, you know, not a student worker position, but in a part-time advising position. And I decided, well, I'll get a master's degree and I'll try to focus on higher education so anyway, I got ended up getting a master's degree, and, and meanwhile, I went to work as an academic advisor at 
my at Brevard Community College, which is where I got my associate's degree. And that started my higher ed journey in, in working in higher education. And that was in, oh, 1997 is when I started working in higher ed. And then I, after my master's, I remember sitting there on, in the auditorium where the ceremony was held. And I thought, oh, there's one more. There's one more degree and I won't be happy with myself unless I get it. Yeah. So the only reason I got a doctorate is, you know, I, I wasn't thinking about career opportunities. I was thinking about, I just won't feel satisfied with myself unless I get it. So I started working on a doctorate and finished that. And meanwhile, my career, I just kind of kept moving up through the ranks at Brevard. And then I ended up, when I finished my doctorate, I got a vice president for student affairs position in upstate New York at a community college. And really enjoyed that. And I was there for two and a half years. And you know, I'm from Florida. And where I was, so I went from year long summer to year long winter. <laughs> See. That was quite a shock to me and my system. And so I ended up moving halfway back. I moved to Tennessee in 2008 and went to a community college in Knoxville, um, Pellissippi State Community College, and was vice president for student affairs. Never had any intent of being a college president, truly. And uh, one day I got this email. I was actually, I was with my leadership team and we were having a day-long meeting and retreat. And I got this email that said, you've been nominated to apply for the presidency at Chattanooga State. And I was like, oh, please. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was a big surprise then. It was a big surprise. And so I, I, so this email was from the search firm that the college was working with. And so I called them and I thought, well, I'll call, you know, I'll at least make the phone call and they'll tell me, oh, you don't have the right experience. And so please don't apply. And the conversation went really well. And it sounded like the lady was encouraging me to apply. And I thought, okay, well, I'll update my resume and they won't interview me, but at least I will have update, updated my resume and I will have written a cover letter. So that's all, those are good things to do, always good things. And then I got an interview and then I got a second interview and the doors just kept opening. And sometimes I feel like when the doors just keep opening easily like that, then maybe they're the ones you're supposed to walk through. So I walked right. through them, and so that was in 2017, and and here we are today. That's that, that's great. I think it just your your hard work just paid off. That's what I think so far. I'm a firm believer in the power of hard work. <laughs> I can see that. So, what was your major? Undergrad was English education. Again, thought I was going to be a high school English teacher and never leave Florida, never leave Brevard County, Florida. Then I, my grad is in higher education student personnel. And then my doctorate in educational leadership. What has the last five or six months been like for you as a president of Chatter State? Well, it's been an interesting few months. <laughs> COVID-19 going on and yeah. everything. I mean, who would have ever predicted this very strange environment that we're all living in right now? It's been stressful. It's been wonderful in some ways. It's, it, it, it's been a transformative several months and just like the entire country and the entire world are transforming so quickly i feel like as a person i've transformed a lot um, or certainly learned a lot about who i am and and what i am and what i can contribute and how i respond and and i've tried to do a lot of self-reflection so there are kind of three words that come to mind when i reflect on the last several months growth gratitude and grace are my three words that that I've I've really tried to focus on 
how to use this experience to grow as a person and honestly for how does our college grow as a result of this i think in a i mean this has certainly been a challenging time for everyone for me personally certainly for all of our students and our employees and, and our faculty but I, I try to keep reframing it in my mind of let's keep thinking about how we can as individuals and as a collective group, how can we improve? What are the lessons we need to learn in this? And how can we just keep getting better and better? I mean, this is, in a way, it's almost an opportunity. It's an opportunity that most people don't get in their lifetime to have amazing transformations in a very short period of time. You know, the other one is gratitude. I have reflected so often in the last several months about how grateful I am for the people that I work with at Chattanooga State. I, the, those first few days that felt like an eternity. It was during the college's spring break. So a lot of people were gone physically from the campus. And, you know, we were having to make decisions. Me and my leadership team, you know, just kind of right, you know, we needed an answer right now. What are you doing? And when everyone came back, when the faculty returned, and of course we extended spring break about a week. Gosh, it's interesting to reflect on this because time has moved so quickly that it's hard. It's sometimes hard to remember all the little things, all the big things. When the faculty came back, they just rose to the occasion. They just did it. We went from a physical campus with some virtual classes to a completely virtual campus in a matter of days. And my gratitude for people, I just. I just wanted to walk. I wished I could have walked around and just said thank you to everyone. And I, I was so amazed by how people just stepped up and did it. And not only the faculty, but all the staff in our IT area. Oh my goodness, they just moved mountains in such a short period of time. I think yeah. they did a good job too. Yeah, and our students. I'm so grateful for them and how quickly they moved and and. You know, people were really afraid and still are. But at first, the fears were more, can I do this? On the part of our faculty, can I teach this way? On the part of our students, can I learn this way? Um, yeah, so, I was one of them too. I mean, I yeah. was like, what is online classes? That was my first time <laughs> like, during the last I semester. I sign up for this. Right. Yeah. And so I was so grateful. And I keep trying to focus on the things I'm grateful for during all this. Because, you know, there are days that are incredibly stressful. And then, and then the last one is grace. And, I, and I've said this so many times in videos to our campus. And it's something that I've read about a lot, even before all of this started, is this idea of grace. And sorry, I'm getting a little choked up. I wasn't expecting that. And this is, you know, everyone responds to this differently. You know, there were people who were very afraid, people who didn't quite frankly believe it's real people who are angry i will tell you i was very angry for a while i tried not to ever show that in any interactions with people from That's college good. but i was angry i was just mad uh, it, for me it was almost like going through this process of grief you know i don't believe it now i'm mad <laughs> and i'm finally yeah, it, a point of acceptance <laughs> yeah you were just sudden that's why everybody was just like yeah wow, what is going on that we all just need to give each other some grace here. There's no playbook for this. There's no instruction manual. We're all just trying to figure this out. 
every day, every hour. You know, there would be days where what we decided or thought we decided at 9 a.m. would have to change by 2 p.m. And, you know, it just, it felt like whiplash a lot of times. And I can't imagine, I, you know, when we'd send out an update, I'm like, oh God, they're going to think well, we're crazy. <laughs> yeah. This is different from what we said yesterday. So okay. three things. So growth, gratitude, and grace. Okay, that's good. So what have you have uh, kept you motivated during this time? So I, I'm always thinking about the college and how important our role is in our community, in our society, you know, colleges in general, the role of in society. And this is something I've talked about a lot in the last couple of years at the college, that kind of my why, what gets me up? Because, you know, not even just during the COVID-19, but even in, in a normal everyday life, sometimes it's harder to get out of bed than others and you know, harder to go and face your, the task you have ahead of you. But I try to keep coming back to what an important role we play in improving the lives of our students and, and the prosperity of our community and, and how by improving one person's life, by opening up opportunities to them, career opportunities, or just opening up their mind, how there's such a ripple effect in that. You know, it, it extends to their families, their neighborhoods, their communities, and it uplifts everybody. And so when I'm feeling particularly unmotivated, I go back to that and kind of hit home plate and go, okay, this is, this is who we are. This is why this is important. So in all of this, I just felt like it was so important to remember, this is why we're here. We have to do this. You know, there were days, I mean, I, we would be on, you know, our cabinet boy, we were meeting all the time. And there were days, you know, you just, it was hard to, all the little moving parts of the college that you don't think about because they just happen. Suddenly they're, when they're not happening, you have to have a plan. And it's like recreating an entire organization in a few days is, is quite a challenge. And there were days I just wanted to say, let's just call it off. Let's just give the students the grades they have now. Let's throw in the towel. And then go back to, no, we're more than that. First of all, we can, we can rise to this occasion and we've proven we have can. And, and our students and our community deserve better than that. You know, the other thing is, I, and I think coupled with that, I guess, is another motivating thing for me personally, is I just, I feel... I feel a deep sense of responsibility to the people at this college, whether to our students or our employees. I kind of pray every day that I, that I will be who the college needs and that whatever the college needs in a leader, that I would fill that. And so wanting to do my best and give my best and be there virtually to be there, to know that, for the people, the college, the employees, and the students to know that their leader is there. I think that's incredibly important. So that kept me motivated as well. Okay, we appreciate that too. What have you missed the most? There are little things that I've missed that I, I never would have thought. You know, I was, one of the things I miss right now, you know, with the world in which we all wear masks, I miss smiling at people. 
<laughs> I, Me too. I, miss, too. I miss shaking hands, hugging yes. people. I miss all of that too. Yeah, those personal connections. I miss those. Yesterday, I saw an employee here at the college who's who was having a really bad day and she was starting to cry. And I wanted so badly to hug her and I couldn't. And in that moment, I realized how much I missed that personal contact with people. I miss walking around campus and stopping in people's offices to say hello. I really miss that. I miss that personal connection. And then I have to say, I miss going to the movies. <laughs> <laughs> I do miss going to a movie. So those are kind of the things that I'm missing. And I'm a big introvert. So for me to, <laughs> you know, I get my energy from being alone and being reflective and having time within my own head. That's how I get my energy. So to, to recognize how much I miss the personal connections is, is important to me. Yeah, COVID-19 has changed everything. Even my family, I cannot shake hand or anything no more. Yeah. That's crazy. And, it, you know, it, I go back to my feelings of anger, you know, and which I think I'm past now. It's like, gosh, this just isn't fair. But, again, there's still opportunities. We have, to, we have to remember that and take advantage of those and seek those out. Seek those opportunities out to make things better because of this. Okay, so what have you learned about yourself during this pandemic? <sighs> gosh. I will tell you the one one of the big takeaways for me, and I don't know if this is just about myself or people in general, it's certainly about myself, but I have learned how incredibly important it is to have focus. It's so easy to get caught up, especially in times like this when it can be emotionally challenging. It can get easy. It can be easy to get caught up in the emotions and that can be a good thing, but it can also stop progress for me anyway. I, I never want to be one to wallow in feelings of sadness or feeling sorry for myself or it, I, I never want, that's not when I thrive. And so focusing is so important because when you really focus on something, what you focus on grows. And I, I remember early on, I thought to myself, and I and I said this to a few people, it's amazing to me how when all of us as a college focus on one thing, all of us, we are all focused on transitioning to an online environment. We did it. We just did this Herculean task in just a few days because we were all focused on it. And every day... I'm a big goal setter. So I set yearly goals and then I break those down into monthly goals and weekly goals and daily goals. And so focusing every day on what is before me today and what do I need to accomplish today so that by the end of the week, I'll have the weekly goal accomplished so that by the end of the month, we'll have the monthly goal and so on. So focusing on what needs to be done now and getting the task done and the goals was, I've learned that about myself, that that really keeps me focused. And, and also, and I knew this before, but I, th I think it was just reinforced, you know, thinking about what can I control each day? Because so much of this 
almost all of this is out of our control. And we can't, certainly we can now with masks and, and social distancing and everything, but, but decisions being made at either this, you know, national state or local level, I, you know, I can't control what's happening with this, but what I can control is my response. I can control what media I take, I, I choose to take in. I can control the extent to which I'm taking care of myself physically and mentally. So I think it's for me understanding what I can control and, and focusing on those things has, has really helped me and, and I think has been a point of growth and learning about myself. That's so important. Interesting. So I know this is going to kind of, kind of sound like awkward, but is there anything you will miss when life returns back to normal? Yeah, I'm going to uh, make a little joke and then I'll get serious. So again, I'm a big <laughs> introvert. <laughs> so I really like <laughs> not having all these events that I have to go to. <laughs> okay. I'm like, COVID, you know, no event happening. So the introvert, the homebody gets to stay home. Yay! <laughs> so I'll, I'll kind of miss that. I think um, I'm spending a whole lot less time traveling down Amnicola Highway between downtown and campus to go back and forth to meetings all day long. I, I won't miss that. So I will miss not, you know, the less time in the car. But I think a couple of things. One of the really big bright spots in all of this, I think, and I see this at the campus level and I've seen it in social media to some extent and in other organizations but I'll miss the way this has brought us together and has got us, I think, working as a team like we've never done before. For me, it's gotten me focused on what really matters. What really matters is the core function of what we do, teaching and learning. What really matters are the people who are here, employees and students. What really matters is that we love each other and that we connect with each other. And we've been doing that now in, in a virtual way. And I want to find a way to sustain that. And I hope it's sustained. So those are things that I hope we'll continue to do after this is over. Yeah, I agree with you because like this COVID-19 has brought people together as a community or whatever, like in the neighborhood, whatever, people come together trying to just for the same goal, just to get it out of the way. Yeah. And, and that's a good point. Thank you. So I have heard that you love to read. I do. So what is something that you have read and loved recently? Lately, I'll just tell you about the last two books, the one I'm that I will finish today because I can't kind of put it down. And the one I just read a couple of days ago. So, you know, not just the COVID-19 situation, but also the uh, racial justice situation. I, I say it like it's new. <laughs> the situations that have brought this legacy in the United States back to focus, the racial issues, have prompted me, of course, to do reading. And it's kind of, like I said, I'm an introvert. So sometimes when things happen, I immediately start reading about them. And I try to learn. And this, this is a topic, honestly, that every year I read books on these topics. In fact, last year I read Just Mercy, which then led me to read a book called Slavery by Another Name. Mm -hmm. That's a good book. I had yeah. just read it. 
<laughs> Deus mercy. Did you really? Yeah, that's wonderful. And well, wonderful that he brought these issues into light, if you weren't already aware. And then all that led me to read about Reconstruction, which I, I feel like is an, an area of U.S. history that we don't learn enough about. So anyway, I'm just I'm reading right now White Fragility by Robin D'Angelo. And that's just fascinating. And I, I want everyone to read this book. And then How to Be an Anti-Racist, I just finished a couple days ago by Ibram Kendi. Just such needed books right now. Um, so they're, they're kind of the most recent. A, a few weeks ago, I read The Splendid and the Vile. That is, looks at the life of Winston Churchill and his family during the Blitz in England and it's just one year in the life during this time and to me that kind of looked at you know crisis leadership so that's what I'm reading right now so what kind of books do you enjoy reading the most you know I'm a big non-fiction reader it's in fact it's very rare for me to read fiction I've read actually two fiction books this year my daughter was thrilled because she is she reads probably 150 to 200 books a year and wow. and so she has a lot that she wants me to read and i have a lot i want her to read of course they're very different topics but i'm a, a non-fiction i love to read u.s history type things i love to read biographies about u.s presidents i've i've read a lot in the last several years just almost like this five to 10 year journey of reading about our founding fathers. And, and, and I'll, I'll start reading something that'll kind of lead me back to them. In fact, I start taking sides. I'm like, Oh, Oh, that James Madison. And, oh, and <laughs> you know, I start kind of taking sides. Who I like, who I don't depending on what I'm reading. So I like to read that sort of thing. And then anything that improves me as a person or as a leader I, I feel like I'm kind of into constant self-improvement. I, I just, I want to be the very best human, the very best leader I can possibly be. And that compels me to read things that stretch me as a person, as a leader. I love Simon Sinek as a writer about leadership. Pat Lencioni, I just started reading some of his things. And so I'm, I'm, very frequently reading about leadership. In fact, I just ordered a couple of books this week. So I'm like, oh, got to finish White Fragility. Got to move on to the next one. One about how to have difficult conversations, which I think is so important in light of the, the racial issues right now, because we have to have these conversations. We have to have difficult conversations. Yes, we do. Um, I mean, yeah. we, we do. I, I, before I came to the United States, I didn't understand the racial issues here. Like, because when you're outside of America, what you see on the TV is completely different when you are here. Wow. And wow. I was just like surprised what's going on here. Yeah. And so, and, and then I've ordered another one that's a, about a leader of a, a manufacturing company who really sees his role as a leader in making the company, you know, he, he talks about how, you know, every individual who works somewhere is somebody's special child is someone's is important to someone and we don't want to send them home stressed and unhappy because now their family is stressed and unhappy. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to reading that one too. Cause I, I, I really, that, that resonates with me very much. 
but then I also like to read, you know, I like reading the, the, how to be an anti-racist and the white fragility type books and, and the just mercy types, because I feel like that's such an important part of being a human understanding my role in, in racism and, and where I am on the continuum in my learning about that topic. I also love to read about health, <laughs> health and nutrition. I'm always reading about health and nutrition. So those are the kinds of things that I like to read. That's interesting. So what advice would you give uh, students taking classes those, this fall semester? You know, I'm going to go back to this idea of focus. I hope that our students will focus one day at a time, one assignment at a time, and not get overwhelmed and use the power of focus to lead to success. You know, I'm, I'm a firm believer that overall success in life is a, a product of small daily decisions that we make. And these small daily decisions and small actions that we take add up to getting us to where we need to be. So focusing one day, what do I need to do today? What do I need to accomplish that will get me to my overall goal? So is there anything else you would like to share with us? Yeah, I think, you know, especially now during this COVID time, I think this is great advice, certainly that I didn't come up with, but I think it's great advice all the time, but it particularly now in this time, none of us can control what happens. We can't control other people. We can't control what happens in the larger world or in the community. We can only control our response. And I think kind of this constant reflection and self-awareness of how am I responding to this? And is my response reflective of who I want to be as a person or where I want to go? I just think that's incredibly important, especially right now during this time of so much uncertainty is just focus on what you can control, which is how you respond. Thank you very much. Thank you. This has been kind of nice. I have to tell you, as I was anticipating this, I almost felt like, oh, this is kind of almost like therapy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I needed to talk. I didn't realize how much I could talk. <laughs> I want to tell you how grateful I am for the opportunity just to have been involved in this. I, I'm so proud of the Tiger Stories and It's, I just think, a real asset to the college to hear our student stories in particular and, and during this summer, stories of our transition. And thank you, thank you, thank you, Kadeem. Thank you for allowing me to be involved. Those of us who have the honor and privilege to work on Chattanooga State's campuses know that something really special happens here. And it's humbling to get to share a few of those special things with you, our listeners. So thanks to you for joining us here today. And a special thank you to the students, faculty, and staff who make this podcast possible. If you are a student at Chattanooga State and you want to be on Tiger Stories, let us know. You can get in touch at the email address in the show notes. We'll be back soon with another installment of Tiger Stories. Until then, make it a great one.